Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. And I don't know about you, I don't know how you've been coping during this period, but um, I'm not finding it's been as people are talking about being bored and what have you. I've been quite busy. I'm quite aware that I probably, in fact, I'm going to say the word probably, I know what I've done. I haven't really um, posted about this and therefore I haven't got many questions tonight. Full disclosure, um, I put a desperate bid out. I've been a bit delaying the start of this because I thought my desperate bid would work. I put my desperate bid out TikTok page. Yeah, you heard me. TikTok. Um, there you go. I have. A, I'm now on TikTok. Um, it's called the Styano Clinic at the Styano Clinic, which I believe is the same as the Instagram. I put a desperate bit out on TikTok, um, and neither of my followers have uh, have responded to it. So I'm quite surprised at that. Nevertheless, I have got a question, and I have also got a question that I've just seen. So I'm going to answer that. So I should have said to that person who I answered the question. In fact, I'm going to I'm going to tell her. I'm going to talk about it. I'll talk about this. Um, she's just sent me a message on Facebook. I'll talk about this on the Q&A tonight. So if you've got any questions, um, now's the time, guys. Now is the time. This is a golden opportunity. You've got a real-life, fully-fledged plastic surgeon in front of you who is um, wide open. Nevertheless, I have got some things to talk about, which I shall talk about in the absence of any um, any of your questions. But as I say, if you do have any questions, please feel free to ask them because I've got, you know, to be fair, there are a couple of belters. This is a question that I got. It's interesting. I um, What's the difference between a tummy tuck and a Brazilian tummy tuck? So I this Brazilian tummy tuck thing came out a while ago and... Um, People were talking about it and it was seen to be sort of all the rage. And so I did a blog post basically saying, you know, what what is a Brazilian tummy tuck? And basically saying that it isn't really any different to a normal tummy tuck. And I don't particularly say the tummy tuck that I do is a Brazilian tummy tuck. I just, it's just a tummy tuck. And I just think it's a bit of, I don't think there's anything significantly different about it. I will talk about there are some differences, which I'll talk about, but I don't think they're significant. And so my blog post was basically saying, you know, that it's amazing the amount of inquiries I got afterwards. People saying, I want a Brazilian tummy tuck. Can you do a Brazilian tummy tuck? I'm like, well, hold on a minute. Have you read the blog post? The blog post wasn't saying I do Brazilian tummy. I just do a normal tummy tuck. I don't. Um, and I think I understand it. I think when something comes out like a Brazilian tummy tuck, or a vampire facelift, or something with a name, you know, like vasa liposuction, or just something that sounds a bit different. People often think that's got to be better because a Brazil. Oh, wow, there's a Brazilian one now. Let's do a Brazilian tummy tuck because that's got to be better than a normal tummy tuck. When you actually look into any of those things, there's often not a huge difference between them and the normal thing. 
I think there are different types of tummy tuck, no question. There's a mini tummy tuck, a full tuck, a fleur de lis, 360, you know, there are different types of tummy tuck. But when it comes to the nuances of how you do a full tummy tuck, we all have nuances of how we do them. There's nothing significant. And I think someone somewhere, I don't know who sort of, someone has coined the phrase Brazilian tummy tuck, but when you actually look at what they're saying they do with a Brazilian tummy tuck, I mean, I don't know if it's just me, a lot of the things I do it already. Um, so what are the differences? So number one difference that they say a Brazilian tummy tuck is different to a full, uh, to a sort of standard tummy tuck, is they say there's limited undermining. So when you do a tummy tuck, you take all of the skin from the belly button down. So the skin from the belly button down uh, is removed and the skin from the belly button up to the rib cage is then stretched and pulled down. And now in order to stretch and pull down the skin from the rib cage up, if you if you just cut that bit of skin out and then try to pull it down, it won't move. So you have to undermine. You have to undermine the skin from the belly button up to the rib cage. Now, what they say is that a Brazilian tummy tuck just has one a small tunnel going up to the rib cage, only wide enough to allow you to repair the muscles. Whereas the implication is that a full tummy tuck will undermine all the way along the rib cage. Do you follow? Do you get me? So. Uh, they're just doing a tunnel here with a mini, whereas a full would be undermining all of this. So this this gets removed. A not a mini, sorry. A Brazilian just undermines here, and they're saying a full does everything. Now I haven't undermined everything for years. You don't you don't undermine everything with a full tummy tuck. You only undermine a tum the, the, a tunnel with a with a full tummy tuck. You don't the tunnel. I've been undermining a tunnel. It's only a tunnel for a tall tummy. You don't do wide undermining. Wide undermining increases your risk of seroma. It's a bigger dead space, uh, more risk of uh, vascularity problems to the skin flap and wound healing. So that is the same with the tummy tuck that I do. And I think most people just undermine a tunnel. And the tunnel is just wide enough to, in order to get the giving the skin so it'll pull down and also as i say wide enough so that you can repair the muscles so you repair the recti muscles um, as part of either of them so that's exhibit a that they say a brazilian is different exhibit b they say a brazilian is different here because they don't use drains and i do use drains uh, and oh they, they say well they I, I believe what they're saying i mean at the end of the day really i guess you should talk to someone who does brazilian tummy tucks really or or at least promotes themselves as a Brazilian tummy tuck guy um, to, to, to who knows about both of them. But anyway, um, to get a balanced opinion, because I, I don't propose that I'm a Brazilian, particularly a Brazilian tummy tuck guy. I'm just a tummy tuck guy. Um, so they say that because it's limited undermining, then you can avoid using drains. Now, you can avoid using drains in a normal tummy tuck and many people don't have, have, don't use drains with tummy tucks and yes that's true the less undermining the less dead space so the less the need for drains but as i say i do limited undermining and i still use drains because i believe that it's the skin the skin flaps are going to stick down better and the seroma rate is going to be low and i know that there are studies that have shown that the seroma rate is low even when you don't use drains but it's lower when you do use drains so it's i don't really have any problems with seroma um it's a very rare problem for me so i don't really want to change things because it can be a bit of a nuisance when you get seromas um so that's just my personal view on it and so the reason i use drains is not because of the undermining it's because i believe that uh, 
uh, there are better way to get those skin flaps to stick down. Um, so, and as I say, you could easily not use reins uh, doing a standard tummy tuck with that with the with a narrow tunnel. And lastly, and probably the only difference between a Brazilian tummy tuck and a normal tummy tuck is the liposuction. So it's quite normal to do liposuction to the hips and flanks. Let me demonstrate these bits here. Yeah. Obviously there's nothing there on me. You know, it's all it's all bone, all bone there. But you know, um obviously not obviously so those are the bits that you can do with a normal tummy tuck you do liposuction it's 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 not unusual to combine a tummy tuck with liposuction to those areas there what they talk about with the brazilian tummy tuck is doing liposuction to this bit here the upper abdomen liposuction to the upper abdomen so that is different because i don't do liposuction to the upper abdomen and there's many people who don't do liposuction to the upper upper abdomen at the time of a tummy tuck because the worry is that it's going to affect the blood supply of that skin flap and it's going to reduce the healing and increase your risk of wound healing problems so that is our rationale for not doing it uh, but again i'm aware that some people do believe that it is okay to do it uh, many patients ask for it and think they're going to need liposuction to the upper abdomen. But actually, when you do a full tummy tuck, because you're stretching that skin that normally goes from the belly button to your ribcage all the way down, so it has to, uh, to it has to stretch down and cover your whole abdomen, it's not that common to need liposuction to the upper abdomen because it sort of gets thinned out because it gets pulled down. But sometimes it is, and there may be patients out there who would benefit from it, but I would worry that it would affect the vascularity of the skin flap and the healing. So I don't do it, and if you need it, I would do it as a second stage. So that is a difference between the Brazilian tummy tuck and the standard tummy tuck. A Brazilian tummy tuck, they tend to do more liposuction, liposuction to the upper flap, to the upper abdomen. Uh, as I say, the reason I don't do it is because i worry about vascularity and healing but obviously the people who do do it feel that they can do it in a way that they have you know they can be safe and not get problems with the vascularity and the healing and the problem with plastic surgery is often there's different viewpoints it's not necessarily one's right or wrong and if someone's getting good good results by doing it then great and if someone's getting good results not doing it then great you've got to do what's or what you feel comfortable with but I uh, don't think it's going to have a significant result or a significant difference in the result. And certainly if you look at the results of someone who is saying they're doing Brazilian tummy tucks versus someone who's saying that they're doing just a normal tummy tuck, they don't look noticeably different. And I, and I, and I think if you did a study where you got patients, surgeons, whatever, and you got 10 people and said, look, five of them had a Brazilian one, five of them had a normal one which is which you wouldn't tell it i've always i've always said same with the breast implants people choosing breast implants getting all wound up and about different implants different makes manufacturers it's the surgeon you gotta you gotta choose you get good surgeons and bad surgeons and i don't think the technique certainly in terms of a brazilian versus a standard tummy tuck is going to give you a better or worse result it's the surgeon that's going to give you a better result good surgeon with with either technique would uh, be better than a bad surgeon with uh, the other technique. Well, anyway, you know what I mean. Um, anyway, the surgeon's more important, basically. So yeah, so the yeah, so the main difference, as far as I can see, is liposuction to the upper skin flap, which is performed in a Brazilian tummy tuck rather than, uh, where it isn't performed in a normal tummy tuck. And if you think think that sounds good, then maybe you should go for a Brazilian one. 
but uh if um but you know that's yeah that's the difference but uh, there are reasons why we don't do it you know there's always a reason if someone says i've got the best new technique and no one else does it and it's really good and i'm the only person who does it i mean you might think oh brilliant i'll have it done with him because he's the only you got to think why don't the other guys do it now unless it's because i've got some technique that i can hold a stitch in a special way and i've got a hand which can move like that and no one else's hand can move like that or some reason that i'm the only person that can do that technique and no one else can you've got to worry that there's a, a downside to it because if they're telling you it's all upside and no downside you've got to ask the question why don't the other guys do it if there's absolutely no downside to it there's got to be a downside otherwise everyone would do it and you you know you just got to be honest and with patience and say look there's an upside there's a downside the upside is you can thin this flap out a bit the downside is it might affect the vascularity and affect the healing of the skin right there's an there's got to, it's like the politicians when they talk about all this whenever they say about their manifestos and things they always just talk about upsides, don't they? Oh, I'm going to help the homeless and I'm going to help businesses and I'm going to help the NHS and I'm going to help, um, you know, exporting exporting goods. And I'm going to help homegrown goods. You know, you can't you can't do everything. You've got to say, look, there's good things about that, but we're going to have to take it from there. So we're going to have to take some money from there because we want we think it's important to put it to there. But they never want to say they're going to take some money from there. So there's always upsides and downsides for all these things. So just be aware, ask the questions, look for some results, choose your surgeon. If you find you've got a good surgeon, I wouldn't worry too much about the Brazilian thing, my view. Personal disclaimer. So that's where I am on that one. 50% the way through. That's the Brazilian tummy tuck question. The chat is kicking off, mainly Olivia. That's all right. Khan says hello. Hello, Khan. Olivia, you're cracking off with the... Uh, Comments, loving it. Hey, JJ, good evening. I didn't get the live notification. I hope you're well. Today would have been my surgery day. Oh, God, I feel very sad. Oh, dear. I didn't get the live. Is that? Oh, God, am I supposed to do a live notification? What's a live notification? Oh, blimey. Question. How many days after a tummy tuck can you have a full shower, including hair wash? Oh, it, what, I didn't get the live notification. Oh, anyway, Olivia, so... So surgery day uh, in hospital, probably two nights, then go home, uh, come back a week after. So you it's a bit tricky because the dressings are sort of down in your sort of lower abdomen, groin area. They're not very waterproof, to be honest with you. Um, so it is a bit tricky when you've got the dressings on. You could sort of have a little bit of a go with your back to the shower. But if you're talking about a full shower with hair wash, Booyaka, the whole the whole shebang. Um oh, it's a bit of dinner there. Um got a bit of <laughs> dressings come off after a week, uh, Olivia, give or take a day or two, depending on the clinics. And then to be honest with you, yeah, then, yeah, a week, then you can have a shower, I reckon. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go crazy on putting anything on the wounds, but you can certainly wash your hair and use soap and things like that and let the water run. But I would just sort of leave that, that area alone. But you can still have a gentle shower. I don't know what you mean by a full shower. But you can have a gentle shower, Olivia. Um, straight up. Uh, well, after a week, I would say. Week to 10 days, depending on when the dresses come out. Question. Oh, look at this, Olivia. Come on, Olivia. Let's get these questions out there. Are the stitches inside or outside on a tummy tuck, thigh lift and boobs? Right. So 
like your question. I like that question. So, because a lot of people would talk about, are the stitches dissolvable? And the answer to that is in my hands, full disclosure, this is just me, in my hands, they're dissolvable for all of those operations, tummy tuck, thigh lift and boobs. We always use dissolvable sutures. Now you're asking the question, but that's not what you're asking, is it? You're saying, are the stitches inside or outside? And again, different with different people. So let's do them one at a time. Tummy tuck. So with a tummy tuck, you have a big, long scar in your lower abdomen and a scar around your belly button. So the big, long scar along your lower abdomen is inside. You don't see any stitches. So again, all these stitches are dissolvable, but you don't see any stitches. Now, the scar around the belly button, I do put stitches on the outside for the scar around the belly button. It's always a difficult shape. It's not quite a circle. It's like a shield shape. We make it into a certain funny shape and it can be awkward getting into the nooks and crannies. I do a special sort of stitch if you're interested. Um, uh, it's called a barren stitch. So the problem with you putting stitches on the outside is that you can get stitch marks. You know, like a pirate has a scar with dots, you know, a line with dots on either side of it. Those are stitch marks. So uh, we try and avoid stitch marks. So that's why for that long scar in the lower abdomen, we bury the stitch. There's no, no stitch to see, so there's no stitch marks. Now, because it's a funny shape, I do put interrupted sutures. You can get a bit more control over an interrupted suture rather than a buried suture. So I'm putting an interrupted suture in. But what I do is I put it through the skin of your belly button and then I go through the dermis, so not through the skin. So it's buried on the other side. And then I come out through the skin of the belly button. I'm not making this clear. Um, so so actually the, the, the stitch marks will be inside the belly button. So there's no stitch marks on the skin on the outside of the belly button. And it's usually inside the cave. So you can't see any stitch marks, but you might see the stitches. So you will, well, you will see the stitches to be frank. You'll see the stitches around your belly button but I deliberately do it so I don't leave any stitch marks on the skin of your abdomen. All the stitch marks are sort of inside your belly button. And some people will do a, a tummy tuck with um, dissolvable stitches all the way. And you might do stitches with, you know, it shouldn't have too much of a problem if you did have stitches on the skin of the abdomen. But, um, but, but the problem with using interrupted or at least stitches on the outside, which are dissolvable, is it's unpredictable how long it takes to dissolve. And so if it takes a bit longer than we'd hope to dissolve, there's a bit more likelihood of getting a stitch mark. So we try, don't very often use dissolvable sutures on the outside, but the belly button is one area. <coughs> I just coughed live on air, oh God. Um, the belly button is one area where um, you might, well, I, I use dissolvable sutures on the outside and uh tummy tuck uh thigh lift dissolve all, all the way a bit like the tummy tuck one boobs uh if you're talking about breast augmentation uh they are hidden uh, sorry not dissolvable, hidden and dissolvable all the way for breast augmentation for breast lift there are they are hidden for most of them but the confluence of all the stitches at the t-junction where that scar that scar meets that scar, you know, the, you know, the T-junction of, of the breast reduction, that's where you're going to, or, or breast lift, that's where you're going to get any wound healing problem. And that's a confluence of a lot of stitches. So the last stitch that I always put in, I put in on the outside, I put the knot on the outside, so there's not too many knots down deep. Now it is a dissolvable suture, so it is clear, you can't, it's a clear transparent suture. So you can't actually see the suture, but you might feel it. Sometimes people feel it down at that T-junction when they have had a breast lift or a breast reduction. 
And they might say, hold on a minute, you've left a stitch. Look, I've got a stitch here, you left it. I'm like, no, no, I haven't left it. I've deliberately put the knot on the outside rather than burying it just because there's a lot of knots in that area. So you might notice a knot on the outside on the T-junction of a breast lift or reduction, and you will see some knots on the outside around the belly button of a tummy tuck. But other than that, all the sutures are on the inside for tummy tuck, thigh lift and boobs. And that, Olivia, is a gold star because that is a good question. I like that. That is a gold star. Because to be fair, I have had three questions tonight, but the other two questions I answered last week. So that's, but that is a good one. Have you started doing the NHS work? No, I haven't, Olivia. Now, the NHS work that I was, well, actually, no. Oh, God. Um, Olivia, I'm not allowed. I've, I've, I've signed a contract. This is going to sound a bit odd. I've signed a contract that I'm not actually allowed to talk about it, which sounds a bit weird. I have asked them that I can talk about it. But... Um, yeah, so I better not say anything more, actually, because they, I've had to sign a contract to say I, can't, I, I don't know why. But anyway, I've spoken to my colleagues in the NHS and certainly the plastic surgeons in the NHS all around the country. I've got friends who are in up north. I've got friends in London, um, down south. They seem to be coping in terms of the plastic surgery. We're sort of limited as to what we can do. The message we're giving people is try not to sort of injure yourself, basically. So be careful with DIY and what have you. And we seem to be coming up um, okay in terms of plastic surgery. But I think the main area, aside from the other thing that the contract thing um, would be, if a lot of plastic surgeons have go ill and become self-isolated, they need people to do the hand trauma and things. But that's not the case at the moment. Yeah, sorry, I not, don't want to get in trouble. So how soon should you wait after pregnancy to have a TT? That's a good question. That is a nice question, Mrs. Nice. Really nice question. Um, so minimum six months, in my view. Ideal, a year. The reason being, first of all, you want the tissues to... to um, sort of retract and and to settle to be as good as they're going to get because you might find that everything retract you know when you first have the child you might think, oh this is terrible and then over oh, there's the months ago and things all retract and they might feel a bit better so you want the tissues to retract as much as possible also when you have a child you your body prepares for delivering the child and puts you into a hypercoagulable state it makes you want to clot it makes me more likely to clot and so you want to give that that those hormones to get out of your system so you're not increased risk of getting clots dvts pe's things like that so you don't really want to put yourself through surgery anytime sort of soon after having a child um and you've got to you know your body needs to relax and, and sort of recover so six months in order to let the tissues settle would be i would say the minimum and then i would also say ideally a year because it's a bit tricky if you've got a six-month-old at home to deal with a six-month-old recovering from a tummy tuck is quite a big deal. A tummy tuck's quite a big operation. And, you know, you've got to factor that in. You're going to go home and have a six-month-old at home that you've got to look after. Around a year, maybe a baby started walking, maybe a little bit easier to manage. Now, I accept they'll be a bit heavier, but I reckon a year might be a bit easier to manage if they're walking and things like that. Now, I understand also that a lot of people will be on maternity leave and want to have it done during the maternity leave, then the maternity leave will finish it a year. So they might want it done at nine months or whatever. But from a medical or surgical point of view, I think a year is probably uh, better than six months, but six months is minimum. In my view. 
the notification comes up in news feed normally. Mm, does it? Mm. I don't know, Olivia. I don't know. Have oh, I done something different? I don't know. Um, Jin Tatler. That's a good name. Jin Tatler. Oh, Jin Tatler. Will moving fat from the tummy into the boobs give the same effect as implants? Good question, Jin. Um, that technique it's called fat grafting has been around for a while and is a very good technique and is a very useful technique and on paper it sounds great move fat from my tummy or my bum or this or my hips you know and put it in my breast avoid use avoid implants and everything's fantastic and i'll definitely have that done in my hands it's not quite there yet and the volumes are not the same as the volumes you can use with an implant. To give, put it in perspective, the sort of volumes for fat grafting, if I was putting 100 cc's in each breast, you know, 150 would be massive. So 100, 120, or, you know, that would be big, big volume for fat grafting, for injecting fat. When you're using implants, you're using 250, 350 cc easily, maybe even 400, you know, in each breast. So you can have 400 cc, eight, each breast, 800 cc's. You can never do that in fat grafting. So there's nowhere near the volume that you can use in fat grafting than you can in uh, implants. So the point is, it's subtle. The results are subtle. It's quite a long operation. It's quite a big operation to do fat grafting. Therefore, it's quite expensive. It's almost as expensive as having implants. And yet the results are subtle. It's usually not quite a cup size. Again, I'm talking about my experience. You might find some people out there who can get more volume in, but you're limited to the amount of volume you get in because you're not putting, you're not supposed to put the fat into the breast. You've got to put it on the outside of the breast, underneath the breast, around the breast. You're not really um, advised to put it inside the breast tissue. So you're putting it around the breast. And so you're limited to how much volume you can get in there. And so it is usually quite a subtle result, probably less than a cup size. And in my experience and in my hands, it is better for an asymmetry. One breast a little bit bigger than the other, and you may be just using enhancing one breast with fat, it's natural, um, then, then that would be a good use of it. Also in uh, deformities, defects, you know, problems with rippling or implants being visible or something like that. Fat grafting is great that you can cover it, but it is usually a subtle result with fat grafting. So in my experience and in my hands, it's not quite there to give the same effect as implants. It can give a similar effect of implants. It's a lot more subtle. And because it's subtle, it often needs to be repeated. And because it's quite expensive and you're repeating it two, three, four times, all of a sudden it becomes a very expensive uh, option. Although I understand a lot of people don't want implants, want to be natural, which of course it is. And if you put on weight, if you lose weight, the fat will react in the same way that it would have done if it had been on your tummy. So that's a good thing. So there's a lot of good things about it, but you have to be prepared for the fact that it is quite expensive and it is quite subtle. Uh, and I, 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 sus I wonder if we're going to get better at it and be able to do bigger volumes and it, and, it, and it might take over from implants. But in my experience, it's nowhere near there at the moment. Um, it would be great if it was, but, it, but it's not. Julia, hi-o. Hi-o, Julia. Gemma, Breath Bannon. Big up, yeah. Fascinating stitching. <laughs> That's a... Can I use that as a testimonial, Olivia? Put that on the website. Tune in. Tuesday night, 7 p.m. for fascinating stitch info. Whoops. Dawn, long time no see, Dawn. No, you come out of 
Yeah, they're all out. All out tonight. Gemma's out. Hey, Jonathan, hope you're well. Not too bored at home. You know, Gemma, I'm not bored at all. I want to be bored. I'm not at all bored. It, I, I'm not bored. I've got a lot on. I don't want to, to be honest, to be honest with you, Gemma, I want to stop and just, it's all go. Um, Jackie, hi. Hi, Jackie. Good to see you. Um, nice smiley face. Beth, hi, Beth. Olivia, straight in. Question, 180cc implants, how much do they weigh in terms of weight on the scales? E.g., will I be two-third pounds heavier in weight? Oh, my God. 180 grams, Olivia. I don't know what the two-thirds pounds heavier is, but they weigh 180 grams each. Is that helpful? So, 360. 360 grams. Two-thirds of a pound. Kilogram. 2.2 pounds, 360, yeah, is it? Two thirds of pounds, yeah, is it? I think, I don't know, yeah, I think that's, anyway, that's what it is, it's grams. Beth, if a texting implant which were put in eight years ago with no problems suddenly swell, what does this mean? Oh, Beth, funny you should say that, because that is my next one. Right, I'm going to go to it. Thank you, Beth, for asking me that question. Because here we go. That's useful information. Eight years ago with no problem. Sorry. Right. There you go, Beth. Swelling of your breast after implants. Okay. What this means, Beth, is that you need to seek help. Is um, if, if you have had implants and they suddenly swell, then um, you need to seek help. So there's a couple of things. The first thing and the obvious thing, if someone phoned me up and said, oh, my God, my implants just swelled up, the thing that I would worry about is infection number one. But if the overlying skin looks normal, if it's not painful, it's not tender, then infection is, is sort of less likely. And so I, I would be less worried about infection. So infection would be my first thing. I'm like, oh my God, it's infected. And yes, you can get an infection. You know, obviously the risk of infection is the first few weeks after having surgery. But there is a possibility of getting infected infection years later. It's not common, but it's out there. And it's usually due to some kind of transient bacteremia, bacteria getting into your bloodstream somehow, somehow could be something like dental work, having some dental work and, you know, some bacteria getting into your bloodstream or or if you have an illness, a cold, a flu, something like that, you can get some bacteria. So it's, it's a rare, but it can happen that you can get infection sometime after surgery. So that'd be number one. But if the breasts look normal, as in terms of the skin looking not red, not inflamed, not tender, and it just looks swollen, um, then that's different. Then I'd be less worried about infection. Then that's a spontaneous swelling. and the main thing, the first thing I would think about is ALCL. So ALCL is a type of cancer associated with breast implants. It's very rare. So I wouldn't fly off the handle and I wouldn't go crazy about it because it's a very rare thing. But it's the first thing. Obviously, you want to you know, exclude the important things first. So um, uh, it's, it seems to be related to textured implants and it usually presents as a lump or a swelling sometime after surgery, eight years. It's classic, to be honest, you know, that sort of time frame. Um, and so that's the first thing I'd want to exclude. So my advice would be go and see a surgeon, call up your surgeon, ring up your surgeon. Yes, we're all locked down all over the place, but we're still here and we're still. I don't think I'm your surgeon. If I am your surgeon, call me, but I, I don't think I am. But if I, you know, call your surgeon and say, um, I'm a bit worried because I've had a swelling and they I'm sure they will, um, you know, treat it 
seriously and see you um, because uh, ALCL would be the first thing that you would worry about. And uh, then they'd have to go down the road of what you do about it. And so the sort of way you go down the road would be the first thing would be a scan, which would usually be an ultrasound scan, you know, like when you're pregnant, just to de delineate the swelling and see whether the swelling, what the swelling is, whether it's solid or, or fluid, uh, probably fluid. Uh, and then at the time of the ultrasound, they might be able to put a little needle in, drain some fluid off, and then they would have to specifically test for ALCL uh, with that fluid. Now, if it is ALCL, it is treatable. And it's treatable uh, by removing the capsule, the scar tissue that will have formed around the implant and uh, um, uh, and the tumor, the ALCL uh, is, is a cancer. It's not breast cancer, it's a lymphoma. Uh, it is, uh, the, the vast majority of cases are cured by removing the capsule uh, with the implant. And um, But the first thing would be to make a diagnosis. So that's the number one exhibit A thing that I'd be worried about, as I say. If your skin looks normal, then I'd less not really worry about infection. If it's just a spontaneous swelling, then ALCL needs to be excluded first. Now, if ALCL, ALCL is excluded, then you say, well, what is it? I'm like, okay, well, that's good. ALCL is excluded, thank goodness. Well, then it's probably a spontaneous seroma of a, a spontaneous uh, uh, swelling of your breast. Again, it's a very rare thing, but it's certainly not unheard of. Um, when they do the ultrasound, as well as taking some fluid away for... Um, uh, checking for ALCL, they could drain it. They could remove that all that fluid, sports bra on. Hopefully, it'll settle. Uh, if it doesn't, and it keeps on coming back, then you can look at things like uh, seeing if there's a reason for the swelling. If there's something there, um, foreign body or, or something, and you might need to have your implant removed, maybe a capsule removed. Um, but the first stage is be checked for ALCL, drain the swelling. Supportive bra, hope it doesn't come back. Uh, well, assuming it's not ALCL, hope it doesn't come back. And it might have been, again, it might have been some kind of uh, transient infection that we didn't, or, or, or you were just a bit run down and you got a bit of localized swelling in the breast, not necessarily infection, but just swelling, which might, you know, once it's drained, settle as quickly as it's come. And I have seen that. I have seen people, in fact, um, I've seen people where we haven't drained it and it's just settled on its own. So it, they can settle, so don't worry too much about it. But I think the main message to you would be that you have to go and uh, get it checked because the first thing is we need to remember that uh, ALCL is out there, although it's extremely rare. So don't be too sort of, oh, my God, he's told me I've got ALCL. You know, it's just like that's what we need to be thinking about. So, um, yeah, good question, um, Beth. And that's where I would be on that one. Uh, Olivia says, yes, of course you can. What was, it? What was that to? Oh, I've, lost, I've lost control, lost control of the stream. I know I never got around to rebooking my appointment. That got cancelled. Did, did I cancel an appointment? Nice one, Dawn. Say live on TV that you got an appointment cancelled. Did I, who cancelled it? It must have been you, Dawn. I can't believe I'd have cancelled it. Rebook it, Dawn. Get yourself, well. Actually, at the moment, don't worry about it because, well, you can rebook a virtual one. You can do a phone one. Um, but, uh, yeah, maybe when it's all over, rebook it. Be good to see you, Dawn. Good to see you. Joe, if you had upper eyelid surgery, would they be dissolving stitches too? Surgeon dependent? Normally, no, Joe. Normally, no. Normally, what 
what we would do with an upper eyelid surgery is a non-dissolvable suture, but we avoid stitch marks in that situation by using uh, a, what's called a subcuticular suture, which means it's buried underneath the skin. It sort of goes zigzags in and out, and then you pull it tight. So it's just one bit of stitch pointing either side, and you go like flossing, you know, just put it through, and then we steri-strip it down. So you often I don't, I don't, this is a sort of standard way of closing a, an upper eyelid. Um, Stereotype it down, there's no knots, and then you come back a week later or whatever, take the stereotype off, and then just pull it through, pull it out. So pull through, so no stitch marks, but it's a non dissolvable suture. The thing about dissolvable sutures, although they might sound good, you might say, look, hold on a minute, I don't want stitches out, I don't want to be tugged about. The thing about dissolvable sutures is it's unpredictable how long they're going to take to dissolve, and they do cause some inflammation while they're dissolving. So the scar is a bit more red while they're dissolving. So if you want the best scar possible, certainly in the early stages, a non-dissolving suture is better. A non-dissolving suture where you can predictably know when you're taking it out will give you a better scar because you can say at five days, at seven days, wherever that scar is gonna, that uh, stitch is gonna come out and you won't get that inflammation that occurs while the stitch is dissolving. In six, 12 months down the line, the scars will be comparable. But certainly in the early stages, a dissolving suture does cause a bit of inflammation. So it might cause a bit of redness, whereas a non-dissolving one doesn't. So often on the face, we will use non-dissolving sutures on the face because we want the best scar possible. And we don't want that redness and that inflammation that can occur while the scar is dissolving. Olivia is going to Google it. What are you going to Google, Olivia? In my lower eyelid surgery, they weren't. They had to be removed, which was fun. Yeah, they often have to be removed on the face, Olivia. Yeah, probably worse on the lower eyelid. So lower eyelid probably stitches. Boo, it's the removal of them that holds me back. Oh, the stitches. Oh, I see. Um, oh, boo. All right, boo who? Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. It's it's uh, the upper eyelid. It's just a pull through. It's not normally that bad. Not that I've had it done. Um, all natural. But uh, yeah, well, hmm. no, you're not. You might need to be though. All oh, right. Oh, okay. <laughs> Always best to see your original, Beth. Always best to see your original. They've got a vested interest to help you out. But, but yeah. Um, Faye O'Flaherty, so want to get booked in with you. Email today. Awesome, Faye. That's what we want to hear, Faye. That's the sort of, that's it. That, Dawn, that's what we want, Dawn. Not I cancelled, you know, you cancelled my appointment. I haven't rebooked it. This is the sort of comments we need. Huh? So a bit of positivity. Thank you, Faye. And now Faye's just put that of her own free will. I haven't, you know, we are not related. Thank you, Faye. Um, well, as you probably realise, Faye, we, it's, I'm happy to do a virtual one, Faye. Happy to do a virtual one. But the uh, real ones, let's hope that it's not long before the real ones come back into play, at least in our little clinic. Because I think we can control our little clinic. We can space out appointments. We can distance ourselves. You know, we don't have to, it's not like big groups. So I'm hoping they'll let us back into our little clinic sometime, sometime. Uh, but who knows? But Faye, it'd be lovely to see you. And thanks for emailing. We'll, I'm sure we'll email you some info. But if we don't and we don't get in touch with you, please call me out. Having said about Dawn, I'm very happy to be called out live on TV because um, uh, we, me and Dawn, we go way back. Um, Olivia, I had mine done in India. I'm quite phobic about eyes, which probably made it worse. Okay. Yeah, eyes is a bit funny, isn't it? He's amazing, Beth. I've had no problems whatsoever in three years. Don't come if you want them redone. That's it. 
see now they're all they're flooding in now the positive ones that's it bit of positivity Gemma come on Gemma Lilburn you changed your name though, haven't you because I don't recognize Lilburn but you changed your name you're uh, you're under a pseudonym but I don't blame you keep uh, you know pseudonym for Facebook yay um so what's going on Natalie what's that pirates what's going on huh you've been on the emojis Natalie come on step away from the emojis girl defo virtual we'll do a virtual one girl let's get it on book it book it yeah on a serious note the talk about stitches was very good and helpful that's that's what we like thank you something helpful came out of this excellent um i did always wonder if you ever had any work done did you do you think this visage was no um yeah well there you go um i love mine best <laughs> look at this these are all my accounts granted i've got someone in the back office typing them all out no they're not they're real people come on you can see look at that beautiful little real real person there i don't think it is that person I'm, i think it's her mum that's talking about um just full disclosure for the person in there anyway thanks michelle lovely to hear from you michelle i don't think i've seen you in a while michelle actually thinking about it the ex is game. <laughs> oh dear oh dear right here we go lol uh dawn's back um i think you were poorly jonathan you were... was it my back dawn it was my back was it was it february february last year my back was bad wasn't it i haven't had many cancel so many clinics was it my back anyway sorry about that dawn and i'll be very happy it's a problem isn't it, when you get one cancelled getting it back in again but we should have chased that really but um when we get back up and running you've got to get back in the system just to you know because we're probably on yearly ones now with you dawn but that'll be good to see how you're getting on dawn number two so this is dawn two what would you do if a patient had a hernia patch where the incision line is from c-section would you still do tummy tuck and also what would you say it was if lumps kept coming out from the central muscle line where the repair was supposed to be would this indicate bad repair and how could you fix please right well the first bit so you've got a hernia patch so you've got a a mesh a prosthetic mesh so a, a mesh foreign body uh, in your abdomen where the c-section was which is which is something which is a you know a thing which is you know not not that unusual um so what would you do if a patient had a hernia patch with incision would you still do a tummy tuck yes i would still do a tummy tuck it does make it more difficult dawn particularly in terms of the repairing of the muscles because you're going to have a a, a a mesh there and the point of a mesh is to strengthen the abdominal wall usually because someone's had a hernia i'm going to assume it's an incisional hernia perhaps from the the, the uh, c-section or whatever a hernia is a weakness in the abdominal wall and if you can't repair it directly it's like having um it's like having a, a bit of a, a jumper with a hole in it obviously if you can repair it directly fine but if the hole's too big you have to put a patch in so you put a prosthetic mesh in which is the patch and then you stitch that mesh in and then you get scar tissue growing into that patch to make a strong repair so the hernia doesn't bulge out again now when we're repairing the muscles if there's a block of scar tissue if there's a block of mesh there it's quite hard to repair the muscles and bring them together with this unforgiving lump of scar slash mesh 
So it does, so the tummy tuck bit would be fine. It's just the muscle repair, which would be difficult. And we might be limited in, as to the t muscle repair that we could do. So it depend on how bad your muscles are in terms of the divarification of your muscles, which means your rectus abdominal muscles, your six pack muscles, instead of being right next to each other, you know, down here, they run as two lines down here. The muscles go like that. They've got lines that go like that, but the muscles go like that. And when you have pregnancy or put on weight, they get splayed apart. And as part of a tummy tuck, we bring them together. So we would be limited as to, we might be limited as to how much we could bring them together. So that's what I would say to you if you're just having a tummy tuck and you had a mesh there. I would say it's fine to do it, but uh, there's, a, there's a risk that the, 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 the uh, diverification repair would be a little difficult. And we might not be able to get as good a repair because when you go into virgin tissues, which haven't got any scar there, everything moves a lot easier. The other risk would be infection because if prosthetic material, just like a breast implant or a hip replacement or a cataract or a heart valve or whatever it is, if you get an infection with a prosthetic material there and a mesh is a prosthetic material, then the infection doesn't settle until you remove the prosthetic material. So if you're going back in and, and doing surgery around that, mesh there is a risk of introducing infection and causing pretty big problems to be honest when you get a mesh infected it's pretty horrible which brings me on to my second or your point your second point what would you say if if it was if lumps kept coming out from the central muscle line where the repair was supposed to be would this indicate now what, i don't know what you mean by lumps now if you mean like recurrent hernia if there's a bulge next to so they've they've darned the hole in your jumper but you're getting a hole you know you're getting another hole at the edge of the darn you know that then that's that might be um maybe i mean bad repair or maybe the tissues are you know the tissues are friable it can be difficult if the tissues are friable if you had a lot of problems with hernias and infections if the tissues aren't strong you know we can put a unforgiving mesh in but if the tissues aren't strong that we're stitching the mesh to it can fray, as you can imagine, just like a, a jumper. If the, you know, keep, I'm going to push on with the jumper analogy. I think it's working. It's working for me anyway. Um, then you could get, you know, hernias, you know, bulging through. Um, the lumps. The other thing is, back of my mind, I'm thinking infection. If you get a chronically infected mesh, you can get lumps. You can get discharge. It's usually a bit more unpleasant that if you're getting discharge and lumps and what have you. But I don't think that's what you're describing. But if that happens, then you've got to think about removing the mesh, maybe, or long-term antibiotics if, if you can. But if it doesn't settle, then you've got to remove the mesh, which can be a bit of a nightmare because, you know, you remove the darn, then you flip and have the hernia back because that's why you have the mesh. But, you know, you might not if there's enough scar tissue, blah, blah, blah. But that becomes a difficult problem. But it sounds like what you're describing, the lumps are maybe that the um, recurrent hernia. So then if you have got recurrent hernias and you're having a tummy tuck, and you're looking at having these hernias repair, that becomes a difficult problem. And you might want to involve another surgeon, a general surgeon who sort of deals with abdominal hernias and things, might be someone who you'd want to involve with the tummy tuck. If you're, you know, so straightforward, if you just got a mesh there from years ago, is it a problem to have a tummy tuck? Well, no, given the rider before. If you're getting lumps at the side, so if you've got recurrent hernias and you're having a tummy tuck, you might want to get a general surgeon involved or the plastic surgeon might want to get a general surgeon to help repair the hernia the recurrent hernia at the time of the tummy tuck which could be done but it would increase the complexity of the surgery is that helpful dawn i hope so 
three wives with his name. Dear. Open a can of worms with that, Gemma. Anyway, Lil Burns, good. Lil Burns, good. Very young looking, JJ. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Gemma, Misha Whitaker is my friend. Oh, Beth Brandon here looking amazing too. Let's all get together. We should have a drink, shouldn't we? That's what they're doing. Virtual night out. Actually, I shouldn't be doing that with. No, you, you should. Actually, leave me out of it. I shouldn't. Yeah. GMC and all that. Let's move on. Um, incisional. It was, I've had five natural births and four C-sections. Yeah. So an incisional hernia. So it's a, it's a difficult problem there, Dawn. You've got a difficult problem, my friend. And I think it's, yeah, I don't know. It's doable. No question about it. It's doable, but it might be a bit more difficult. Well, it would be more difficult than a normal tummy tuck. Um, Michelle, yes, not been in for a while, but all good. Are we back when things calm down? Yeah, Michelle, please do. Be lovely to see you. Um, it has been a while and um, hope all's well. Well, it is all well, but uh, as well as can be expected under the circs. Um, yes, bulges come out here and there. So how else could it be repaired? They're like hernias. Well, Dawn, I, I think it's going to have to be a bigger mesh. You know, if you think about it, we'll go, we'll, we'll, I think the, I think the um, jumper analogy is working. You know, your jumper, you've got a hole in it, you put a patch, you, it's it's ripping through on the sides of the patch. What can you do? Put another patch, you know, a bigger patch. You can, and there's different ways you can do it. You can do um, what's called onlay patch. You can put a patch on top or you can go inside and put a patch inlay. You can do sandwiches. There's all sorts of things you can do with with the way you put the patch in what you use for the patch. So there's different types of mesh. Uh, there's biological mesh and there's prosthetic meshes. So there's all different types of meshes. It's a world of its own, to be honest with you, Dawn, which is why you might want to get someone who does hernias, which is basically a general surgeon, who are the surgeons who deal with hernias um, and someone that involved, because it is a difficult problem if you've got a recurrent hernia. If you've had a hernia and you've had it repaired and you've got recurrence of it, it's a difficult problem. As you can imagine, trying to repair a weakness of the abdominal wall and you're putting stitches through and the, and the tissues are weak and friable. You know, you're putting, putting stitches through the jumper and the, 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 the fabric of the jumper is, is, is weak. It's, it's tough. It's tough. And you might have to just go bigger with mesh or, or put them in in different ways. But it's, it's a difficult thing, Dawn, and it's a, and it's a world of its own. Um, I've had two tummy tucks and he's made the biggest mess ever. Oh, God. Oh, dear. Um, right. You know what, Dawn? I know, I, know, I, I know it's not. Well, I don't know if it's helpful or not, but I see sometimes see people who are desperate and they said, I've had two or I've had all this and I've had that and I've that and the breast's not right and all this. And all that. Every time we do surgery, we're giving scar tissue. Revision surgery is hard. It is hard. Doesn't matter who's doing it. It is the law of diminishing returns. It really is. And sometimes you think, oh, I'll get, he'll be brilliant, that guy. I'll get that guy to do it. And like, we're, you know, no one's really sort of sort of superhuman. You know, no one's, we're all cutting and stitching basically. And, and it doesn't matter who you are. When you've had multiple operations, the surgery is difficult. You know, even if best surgeon in the world, it is difficult. And sometimes you've got to think to yourself, how bad is this problem? Because 
best win in the world we always want to fix it just like you've had two operations the second operation i'm sure the guy wanted to fix it from the first one um but now you're you know it's obviously not and it's and it's not and it's worse he wasn't trying to make it worse but it is worse there's always a risk i've got to be honest with you doesn't matter who does it there's always a risk you make things worse you know we don't go into surgery thinking we're going to make things worse but there's always a risk of that so sometimes you've got to think especially for a difficult problem like yours just i don't you know just from what you've said here it's a difficult problem sometimes there's something said for like quit while you're where you are just saying i don't know how bad if it's a terrible problem then there might be things but it's a tricky one tricky one thank you thank you dawn thank you for getting involved god i didn't have any questions but look at that i think you're lovely i appreciate your opinion thank you dawn very kind of you and thank you again let's get the comments in dawn come on you're getting your numbers in and another one in the uk come on let's have another comment dawn come on um so yeah that's I had two questions tonight, but I have strung that. I think you'll agree. Um, thank you. I was a bit, uh, to be honest with you, I was a bit, this afternoon, I was a bit like, oh my God. I only had one this afternoon. I only got the second one last minute. So uh, thank you for that. But um, it's all come good. It's all come good in the end. And I've had loads of people putting good things on, which is which is normal for those new to this. It's totally normal. So don't make out as if it's not. Um, so yeah. So that's me. Um, thank you, Julia. Stay safe. Pick up yourself. Loving the NHS badge. Thank you, Julia. Um, and yeah, well, you know what? Let's just carry on, carrying on and doing what we can, doing our bit. And I will be here next week, next Tuesday. I'll try and make sure the notifications, whatever that is, Olivia, I don't know what the notification is, but the notification gets put on or something um is that something i do i don't know but anyway i'll try and do it next week post your questions for goodness sake i mean thank you all for putting in questions live to be fair because that is reinvigorated my faith in humankind um because i was i'll be honest i was a little bit like oh crikey you know what can you can imagine can't you i mean you can imagine imagine if you had to do a facebook live q a you know esteemed plastic surgeon you come on and you got one question can you imagine that well that was me an hour ago but honestly it has come good and that is thanks to you you thank you very much um chats are kicking off what's going on in the chats julia stay safe mine came to me on the spot good olivia that's what we like i'll send you questions to you. come on yeah you're gonna sing <laughs> yeah Speaking of which, Jim, I'm glad you said that because I want to promote my TikTok. I've I've entered the world of TikTok because I'm a liberal, forward-thinking guy, and I've you know so I have so please join me on TikTok or whatever it's called. Subscribe to me. I don't know what it's called on TikTok. Plus, let us not YouTube. A while ago, this is how busy I've been. A while ago, I was going to put like a few days ago. I was going to put a post saying, please help me get to 500 subscribers on YouTube. What's happened? I blinked and I don't know what I am now. I'm probably 520. Right. So please subscribe to me on YouTube and help me get to 530 or 550 or anyway, whatever the next landmark is. So let's not forget, I am 
you know, you may think it just looks like a normal guy sitting here, but you're looking at a social media influencer here. This guy, I've got two followers on TikTok. I've got 500 subscribers on YouTube. I have, I'm an influencer. I don't think anyone could argue with that. Um, so yeah, please go and look at all those things. Um, is this a new emoji, the wet rainbow? Is it a new emoji? I'm loving it, loving it. See you soon, Dawn. Get yourself to the clinic when we're back and running. Stay safe, Olivia. Uh, see you next Tuesday. Oh, look, Natalie's put a couple of rainbows in. Olivia's had to go the extra mile, hasn't she? Hmm? That's got eight in. Yes, yes. <laughs> Gemma, what's your name on TikTok? The Styano Clinic. I have reason to believe it's the Styano Clinic, Gemma. Um, I'd put it the same as my Instagram name, which I believe is the Styano Clinic. Um, I've not got TikTok. I'll have a look. Well, I wouldn't do it just for that, Olivia. You won't be missing out on anything. It is not. Um, it's not. Dawn's in. Dawn's in with a question. That's what we want. Come on, Dawn. Dawn, you are rocking it with the comments slash questions. Would a fleur de lis uh, would a fleur de fleur de lis fix this? And how would living with such a massive amount of mesh all the way down front and where incisional hernia is, when my stomach muscles are like jelly? Um. No. Uh. uh no, Dawn. So there's two things there's the skin and there's the abdominal wall the fleur de lis is good if you've got a lot of skin particularly if you've got side to side excess as well as up and down excess so a fleur de lis would contour the skin in a side to side fashion as well as an up and down fashion so if you had a lot of skin problems that's where the fleur de lis comes in your problems are not skin your problems are abdominal wall and when you do any sort of tummy tuck you get good access to the abdominal wall well i say any sort not a, not so much a mini, but certainly a full tummy tuck. The problem with you, Dawn, is it's going to be difficult because you've had you say you've had two tummy tucks. You can't have that many tummy tucks because you can't get the skin out. So you 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 your belly button is is um is fixed. So actually, it's a bit more difficult to do surgery on you because you'd have to think, what am I going to do with the with the belly button? Because you can't do another. Well, I'm assuming you can't do another tummy tuck because you probably won't have enough skin laxity if you've already had two tummy tucks. They've taken all the skin laxity away. So then you've got to think, how am I going to access the abdominal wall? So this is, a, this is, you know, are you going to go through the same tummy tuck incision? Because if you go through your tummy tuck incision and then you extend up, your belly button's in the way, so you can't access the whole abdominal wall. Do you then transect the base of the belly button, which is called floating the belly button? Makes it difficult if you ever did have a tummy tuck in the future, because then that belly button would die if you transect the base. But that's one thing you could do. Or the other thing you could do if it is an abdominal wall problem rather than a skin problem is you could just do an up down incision a straight up down incision so scarring would look the same as what a fleur de lis tummy tuck would look like but you don't necessarily need to have your abdominoplasty scar opened again because it sounds like it may not be a skin problem if you haven't got an abdominoplasty problem anymore if you had an abdominoplasty and the skin's all gone if it's just an abdominal wall problem, the best way to access the abdominal wall, and certainly this is, so you, to be honest with you, Dawn, you might not even need a plastic surgeon. You might just need a general surgeon, a hernia surgeon, to, and they do an up-down uh, incision, like a laparotomy incision. As I say, the same incision you get with a fleur, they wouldn't have to do the T, they just leave your old set, uh, tummy tuck scar alone, just do a straight incision down the middle of your abdomen, then access your abdominal wall and fix your hernia that way. So that 
So I don't think you need a fleur de lis tummy tuck, but you might need that straight up and down incision. And actually thinking about it, you might not even need a plastic surgeon, Dawn. I don't know if the mess is all abdominal wall mess rather than skin mess, if that makes sense. So um, it might just be a general surgeon you need, a tummy tuck surgeon. But I would probably, uh, tummy tuck, a hernia surgeon. I would, well, I always say this to everybody, try and find, um, try and find a surgeon, go through your plastic surgeon um first uh, who might be able to help you out with a general surgeon that they perhaps work with or they, they know who deals with hernias um name on tiktok please uh is that the styano clinic can't find you on there under styano what are you talking about Gemma? come on of course what tiktok at the styano clinic it is I don't know. Oh, inbox. Oh, Dawn. Dawn's found me. Dawn's following me. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to follow you back. Dawn, how did you find me? Um, it's the Styano Clinic. Uh, oh, God. I'm doing it. Don't want to do one. Um, it's at the Styano Clinic. Thinking about it, was that not a good name? Should I just call it Styano or something? On how do you spell TikTok? Tick, yeah, is it tick? tick? Is it K? Tick? Tick. Oh, God. Right, sorry. So, um, oh, my cat's um, so there you go, Gemma. At the Stano Clinic, get some exciting content on there. I think you'll, I think you'll be pretty impressed by the. Uh, by the TikTok. But on a serious note, how do you know skin to take tummy tuck? Are all people's skin elasticity different? Yes, Tracy. Good question. Uh, yes, yes, they are. You can get an idea. Now, the first thing you do when you're assessing someone for a tummy tuck is, can you do a tummy tuck? Because some people you cannot do a full tummy tuck. You're not going to get that skin down. So they're they'll be more likely to have a to have a mini tummy tuck. So what you do, I've got a video on this, Tracy. If you're now, but what you do is. What when when you when you have the when you have the um markings we mark the lower incision and the upper I, I usually mark the upper incision it's actually an M shape rather than a that but anyway I'll draw the upper incision but I don't cut the upper incision the I just do that just as a guide when I draw it on the ward what you do when you do the surgery is you do that you make the lower incision you cut the lower incision then you undermine up here as I said you undermine up to the rib cage. You keep all the skin attached and then you pull it down. And usually in order to get the undermining up to here, it's quite hard with all the skin in the way. You make a cut in these, you make a cut in the lower skin here. So the skin from the belly button down, you, you, you cut it in half. So there's two bits. So there's two bits of skin and, and you pull it down and you, you tail attack it. You assess how you break the table. So you, 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 you the, in surgery, they, we break the table. So you set up like that. And then we assess how much skin we can pull down and then mark it with a pen, how how much we can pull down and get closed safely. So we don't tend to, I mean, I have worked with some people who have made that top incision. I don't make the top incision at the time. I, I pull it down, break the table, pull it down, and then assess where I can make it safely and still get it closed. And 
and then I make the cut of the upper skin flap. So I don't take any skin away until I'm sure I can get the, thing, uh, the skin closed safely. And sometimes, because you made a hole around the belly button and then a straight line down, sometimes you can't get all the way to above the belly button. So in some people, paradoxically, if you haven't got a huge amount of spare skin, it's more difficult and you might have to make a little short T and that T is where the belly button was, make a little T-shaped scar. Um, it's not a fleur de lis, it's just a little T-shaped extension if you can't get all the skin down. It's a lot easier if I showed you, if I showed you, if you if you were there in real life looking at a tummy tuck to explain. I don't know if I've explained that very well, but basically it, everyone is different and you, whilst you might draw the upper line, you tend not to cut the upper line. You just undermine all the skin break the table, pull the skin down, and then you see how much you can cut away. And so someone with more skin laxity might be able to cut more skin away than someone with less skin elasticity. So yes, everybody's skin elasticity is different and you assess it on the table and you obviously take, take as much as you can as way safely without getting with healing problems. Dawn, my belly button has been put back in wrong place. Yeah, Dawn, that's a risk of a tummy tuck hard to move as well you're sort of limited how far you can move it um yeah dear dawn you're in the wars aren't you um yeah general surgeon has looked he was mortified oh god at the standing clinic that's mine that's my post got you gemma's got me yeah i'm, I'm sure you'd be impressed on tick oh, that's my post gemma i want to see you do carol baskin <laughs> oh yeah we watched that with tiger what is it tiger whatever it was anyway joe exotic yeah thank you um julia yeah bohemian ratsy thank you yeah thank you look i'm getting embarrassed now right okay that's my other life that's my celebrity lifestyle um I, anyway on a serious note god this has been a good one hasn't it who would have thought it who would have thought it not me that's for sure um i always thought i was gonna have an early bath today i thought i was gonna embarrass myself but uh well anyway it's arguable isn't it? um so thank you all uh for joining me and oh my god are my tiktok numbers soaring as we speak i had two i bet i've got oh my daughter will be impressed come on guys let's 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 go viral oh how do i see how do i see i don't know how i see it sorry that's me six followers come on five likes that's what i'm talking about hmm? i think it's lovely on tiktok thank you thank you look at that six followers come on um i need to find some courage oh, i don't know about that dawn um don't worry about it no one really sees it well six people have seen it so you know oh olivia's off good night olivia sleep well uh videos yeah i've I'm, i tell you what it's amazing what you can do my daughter's done some amazing stuff you you fit it together the bohemian rhapsody she was upset that i didn't carry it on you're supposed to carry it on apparently you're supposed to press the button and then you can do another one i didn't know anyway i'm learning i'm learning so um yeah well actually Gemma, she won't uh it won't take her long to go through my videos there's only two of them but anyway but anyway, she can watch both of them. Um, and yeah, I'll be doing something more exotic uh, um, as time goes on. So thank you. Um, I'm doing online appointments, Julia. Online appointments, yeah. Doing online. Keeping it online, keeping it real. 
so virtual booking virtual ones so yeah and still very much working yeah as i say very much working very busy to be honest with you but uh yeah so everybody thank you all for participating very um oh olivia's still here very uh grateful to all your comments and uh, interaction thank you for that and uh, what was that why if anyone comes <laughs> get off my lane yeah stay away um i am gonna go and uh yeah no i, I feel happy about that that's good thank you all and thank you for following me on tiktok or six of you or four of you i already had two um and i will see you night same time um good night god bless and same time next week thank you dawn good luck to you and feel free get your questions in and uh i'll do it all again next tuesday seven o'clock go and put your feet up and watch a bit of um what's it called tiger what's it called that exotic exotic tiger whatever it's joe exotic thing tiger big cat sanctuary wasn't it anyway it's called with carol baskin it's great all right then there's my um there's my netflix uh, recommendation for the night see you next week Hasta la vista. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.